0: Welcome to PJ Live, the podcast. Our mission is simple. We want to spend time talking to interesting people about interesting topics. This podcast is not just for PJ members, it's for anybody who is interested in the game of golf. Without further ado, here's today's episode.
1: Hi, my name is Gareth Shaw, accredited PJ professional and member of the PJ member education team. In today's podcast, we are joined by an illustrious panel, and we're talking about a key theme around UK Coaching Week. It's a great opportunity for us at the PGA to share our experiences. We're joined by an amazing guests today, as well as members. First of all, I'd like to introduce David Colclough, Head of Coaching and Sports Science at the PGA. Also, I'm joined by David Alice, Coach Education Developer at the PGA. And I'm delighted to welcome Marianne Davies, Senior Coach Developer at UK Coaching to the podcast. Also, I'd like to introduce our two members on the conversation today, Martin Hayes, who is based at Wrexham Park Golf Centre, and Alice Iluta, who is at Moyle Mid-Surrey Golf Club. Welcome, everybody. How is everybody? Good afternoon,
2: guys. Good, thank you.
1: Super. Before we start, I think it'd be a great opportunity just to go around the panel, and if you want to introduce your kind of background and your relationship to coaching. David, do you want to start us?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so, David Colcliffe. I'm currently the Head of Coaching and Sports Science for the PGA. So, I've been working there for the PGA for the last 15 years. Uh, but prior to, to that, and even just sort of crossing over when I first came into the PGA, uh, I've been coaching golf. and obviously a member of the association since 1989. Uh, so, I spent nine years out in Germany coaching and another five years down in London before starting moving up. Uh, into the Midlands again. So, yeah, I've pretty much since I left school been involved in in roles that have led me towards either coaching or coach development.
2: Super. Our other David. Okay, yes, thank you. My name's David Ellis. I'm currently coach education developer with the PGA. My background's mainly in education. I struck my first golf ball probably over 50 years ago now. So I've been on a few golf courses in my life. My role is looking at the course content, basically around level one and level two, with a view to improving, adjusting, and adding whilst continually developing and improving this so that our trainees get the best learning from their learning opportunities with us on the courses. Thank That's
1: you. Good. That's great. Marianne?
3: Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to be here. Um, I've probably got slightly different or very different backgrounds to the rest of you. So, primarily um, from an adventure sports background. Uh, so I engaged in and coached uh, paddle sports, uh, it's like white water sea kayaking, and then rock climbing, mountaineering, and equestrian sports, but also bits of gymnastics and things like that. And um, I've been involved in sort of coach developments and um, and coach education development for for many many years within those, uh, both academically and within governing bodies. Uh, so, and I now live on a golf course, so I started playing golf last year in lockdown. I was like, "Oh, I've got nothing to do, and I've got a golf course outside my door."
4: That <laughs> is brilliant. 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 Brilliant idea. <laughs> I think idea. you'll find that you've that, that, that I've, I've seen as many different rural landscapes as you, Mary I've given where you've spent your time and where my golf course be spend its time. Mm-hmm.
1: Marianne, did you want to give us a little bit more information as well around UK Coaching Week and and our involvement and your involvement from UK Coaching as well? Um,
3: yes, yeah, certainly. So, um, and I'll try and keep this brief, but still, still um, meaningful. So, the the idea around UK Coaching Week, and we do it every week, every year, is to really um, shine a spotlight on um, great coaches and the role that coaches have within our. Um, you know, within the whole of society basically within sort of sporting and, and outside culture and the idea is around you know we are, we're encouraging and empowering athletes coaches and organizations and the public to really celebrate what great coaching is who's doing it and this year we're really focusing on um, adapting after the, the the last strange year and a half and really trying to recover this space get people back into coaching maybe, Think differently, be a bit more creative about how we really, really get people engaged in, in in activity and in great coaching. There's a few key things as well. So the the this year we're talking about that the need to reinvent and recover and reach out to people, and um, whether they're coaches or it's the organizations or the individuals. And we're also really trying to put a spotlight on you know, making sure that all of those coaches know what who we are and what we do and also that they're feeling supported and that they're able to engage with us so that we can really support them in the best way that we can as well and encouraging um, people to really highlight the great stuff that they do. We've got um, a big spotlight this year as well um, on duty to care, looking after mental health, inclusion, of whoever it is like sport is for everybody, sport is powerful for everybody, and coaches have such a key role to play in in you know in supporting and um, making that's that that opportunity there, you know, for, for everyone to so hopefully not only be elite athletes if that's what they want to do or go into coaching if that's what they want to do, but also just to be lifelong, passionate, active movers. <laughs> so
1: superb. Thank you. Let's, let's go to our two coaches on the call today. Martin, how are you? Can you give us a little I'm bit well, of about yourself and your background?
5: Well, it's been a bit long time now. Um, thanks for having us on. Yes, um, my name is Martin Hayes. I'm a newly sort of christened PGA specialist professional or fellow professional advanced coach. Um, I've been a member of the association for over 30 years and I've been linked with uh, and still work very happily there at wexham park golf center in slough um which is a very very well-known family orientated golf center and it kind of supports everything that i believe in as a coach which is where the, like, the game should be for everybody and i've worked all across the golf industry you know run my own business etc but coaching has been my um always been my passion and I'm just sort of in the midst of the busiest explosion since I actually started in the game. It's incredible what's come back. So uh, long may that continue. I also um, work very closely with the two Davids. I'm part of the coach education team, um, delivering sort of level one, level two courses to the next generation of coaches that come through. Something I really enjoy. So I feel like you're putting something back in. And through that work, it has actually really helped me evolve as a coach as well. Um, I often say this to many people, I started off as a teaching golf and I very much now coach golf. So uh, it's something that will always be with me forever. I'm pretty certain
1: of that. Super. Thank you for joining us today.
6: And Alice, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So I'm Alice Heilita and I'm currently at Royal Mitsuri Golf Club in Richmond and it currently has the largest ladies section in the country. Um, which was part of the pull for me moving there. Um, I'm very active in coaching. So I coach about 25 to 30 hours a week. Um, and I'm currently supporting the Slingsby Golf Academy, which is currently on Sky Sports. And it's promoting getting ladies and young girls into the game. And by showing four celebrities how they go from being beginners to hopefully one of them playing at the PGA in September, which is really amazing.
1: Alice, how was that process going? Was that quite a daunting task to start with?
6: <laughs> it was because we started over Zoom. And so I did some coaching online, which was very interesting. And obviously you had to adapt um, whilst we were in COVID. But it's refreshing to take someone that is a complete clean slate to show them what golf is, how to get on a golf course, the ins and outs of playing, developing and, and taking someone From that level all the way through so Bella is my um, competitor um, and she is a complete beginner she had no background in sports and her worry was that she wasn't athletic enough or competitive enough and compared to the other ladies that are doing the challenge so my role really was to encourage her and be supportive and instill some confidence which is what I find that most ladies and females entering the game struggle with so my side of things during the first lockdown, I did a psychology course, so sports psychology, um, because I feel that really interlinks with being a good coach and adapting to who you have in front of you and supporting them.
1: And I, th- I think that's so poignant what you just discussed there, Alice, because our, our main topic on today's podcast is what great coaching looks like, and I could I could see there, Marianne, that you were nodding along. What are your thoughts on on what makes a great coaching?
3: Oh, such a good question. Um, and, and I, you know, one of listening to, to Alice. I just don't see any women here. You know, I'm often the only woman on the golf course and I'm a complete beginner. I played a little bit of polo, so I'm not, you know, I can hit it. Um, for me, great, great coaching. Uh, definitely um, about looking at what somebody can already do. So I think great coaching isn't about watching somebody and, and sort of doing that sort of deficit goggles thing. Well, this is what's missing. These are the errors compared to somebody who's brilliant. So starting with what they're doing, understanding how they're trying to solve the, the problem they're trying to solve. And that's obviously movement and perceptual and you know, motivation. So it's lovely to hear, again, talking about the um, motivation or sports psychology Uh, motivation is a really key thing for me when people are actively engaged you know so a great coach will will not um not the only ones who are shaping so they're co-creating or they've certainly got an environment even with beginners where where the person they're working with is really actively engaged in being part of that process that they're building on what they want to do and on the skill set that they've already got so I was originally taught to look at this, you know, what somebody was doing and then sort of correct them to what I thought they should be doing. And, and I, that's very much flipped. So great coaching for me, I think, is very much about really connecting to that individual in that environment, what they're trying to do in the wider, so the social, cultural and the whole wider sort of environment that they are in and helping them to become more skillful.
1: That's super. David Colclough, what are your thoughts on that connection? What are some kind of advice and tips you could give to to get that connection with the person in front of you or people in front of you?
4: Yeah, I think just picking up on what Alice and and Mariana said, the engagement piece, I mean, I think we've we've written quite a bit about the role of the golf professional, the PJ professional, the coach in in inspiring and engaging people to get involved in the game. And obviously that's what Alice is is clearly involved in heavily with the the Sky Project, but also just generally I'm, I'm sure that's what Martin and I spend an awful lot of time doing so. I mean, we have sort of almost four key stages if we think about it, on a slightly more global scale to begin with, which would be: can can you as a coach or as a PGA professional inspire someone to take action and and think about golf as as, as an opportunity for them? And then can you can you find activities to engage them in that, as Marianne says, sort of meet their current level of ability whatever motivation whatever that be and then start to help them along the pathway so that they do become more of a golfer in that in that, in that sense the convert is is exactly that is can we can we can we as a sport can we as individuals convert more people to consider themselves to be a golfer or at least have golf as one of their options when they when they think about the free time that they've got and where they're going to spend that time because we, we I think a lot of sport, and maybe Marianne's got a view on this, in a lot of sport, we can sometimes get sort of hooked up on the inspired initial engagement, but then we forget about the next steps. And, and again, Alice, I know your, your project has got is it's sort of time limited, isn't it, in terms of the first step. But then it's what happens after that, and, and as a coach uh, – there's a real big for me, there's a big responsibility for all of our members to consider the next steps, the, the conversion and the retention of those of those individuals. And as Martin was highlighting, huge numbers of, of people coming to golf at the moment because of all of the other limitations on playing team sports. Well, that's fantastic for now, but I think one of the big questions is what is everybody doing to convert that that interest into greater amount of retention when things get back to normal. And so one of to, to, to sort of back to your question, Gareth, I think from there stepping up, stepping on, it's not only about trying to increase their competence because that's, that's really quite important. There's a, there's a framework that I've actually just written about for the next magazine, which will be out around the time of this podcast. Where we talk about the four C's, which again, uh, from the UK coaching perspective, I think there's some work done around the five C's and, Gilbert and uh, and Cote talk very much about competence, confidence, character, and connection. And again, Alice has referenced that already in this call. And and a, and a coach's role and what great coaching is about is not just improving competence, but it's improving improving confidence. As, as Alice has talked to, I mean, if, if Bella hopefully is the person who's chosen to go to the PGA Championship and play, wow, you're going to need some confidence to stand in front of all of those people and play and your character is going to be tested so again as a coach how can you bring out the character traits that someone has and and, and help make them work for that person because not everybody's going to stand up in the in the pro the development at, at, at Wentworth but for some people standing on the on the first tee at Marianne's golf course there is, is as big a deal and so the coach has got a responsibility there to manage that as well so I think there's an awful lot of things that that coaches can do. Uh, And I'm sure David can talk about sort of some of the areas that we cover in coach education for for golf professionals, which map into that because it's it's very much a very holistic approach to supporting coaches through their initial coach education and beyond to help them with those challenges, inspire, engage, convert, retain and grow competence, confidence, connection and character.
1: That's uh, super. David, Alice, well, how are we doing that within the, the department to, to kind of support David's points that he made there?
2: We're um, developing materials and courses as we move forward, to be fair. Um, great coaching from an educational perspective is is about providing, I suppose, the information which will develop the skills from our participants to enable them to, to pass that on to their coaches, whatever you would like to call them. So this is what we're, we're doing at the moment. We're continuing developing this. David's gone through the, the detail of it, really. Um, it's continuous development. We're, we're listening to our students. We're listening to our, our um, tutor assessors, such as Martin. And we're trying to develop and grow what we provide so that we provide, get great coaches out there and our sport grows and develops further.
1: Great stuff. Martin, David touched on a great point there around retention. What have you seen since maybe the, the first pandemic in terms of the lockdown and coming through where we are now? How have you managed to support and retain clients as they've come through your process?
5: Yeah, so that's a really very important point. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to your ability as a human being and as a coach to develop that relationship, of trust with your pupil. Um, there's that link that you create um, by, obviously, your knowledge. And more importantly, one of the great important things of a coach is how can you put that knowledge across into bite-sized chunks that people can understand? And if you are skilled in that, then you are naturally going to retain people. And I think I had a most lovely endorsement. I was privileged enough to work with Meg McLaren as a junior. She started at Wexham and... David, her dad, still profiles what we did at the club where there she was on the green course with her Newcastle United top playing golf. Um, she didn't have much choice about being a Newcastle United fan. But that's another story. But when Maggie won her first European event, I wrote her a lovely note saying, amazing, congratulations. And she just wrote this fantastic little couple of lines back. She said, Martin, she said, I still hear you now. She said, those basics that you taught me in all those years ago, she said, never underestimate how important a role your journey is um sorry your role as a coach was now and obviously still in my head which was which was a lovely thing to say and i think that's really how you retain people i think the the internet's been a brilliant thing for us coaches because people go on the internet they try and learn themselves and they come up to us and they are literally confused.com and our job is to actually um, make it simple and We've just taken delivery of the uh, new in-range system at our place. And it is unbelievable because it just gives data to people. And these people are just craving for this data and they want us to make sense of it for them. And it's So I think it's building relationships, it's working with people. And then, you know, also that trust thing, that they, they trust you. I think that's very important.
1: Um, and Alice, I that, imagine that through the process you're going through now in your show, day-to-day coaching, the trust, the building confidence, the building relationships is, is so important.
6: Yeah, Martin um, had it down to tea when he said, we're supposed to know the information, then we present it in the simplest form. I think that sometimes golf can be perceived as being difficult to learn, but I think it's the way that it's presented. There is lot, There are lots of skills involved, But if you choose to present it the right way, i.e. one piece of information at a time, then they come back craving a little bit more each time and they're not overwhelmed. It's almost like learning to drive. You don't go from first gear to sixth in one lesson. You take it in stages of development and that's how you build confidence within a player. It's saying last week we were here and this week you've moved up another level. Now, it's not a continuum that runs straight up there are bumps and in the road and you have to be able to ride that with them you feel a good shot and you feel a bad shot and that's probably the best and worst thing about my job is that that you turn around and you see their face and they get that light bulb moment and you think they've got it and then the next week it might be completely different but you have to explain that that's how golf is. And it is a game for life. It's not something you're going to complete. It it keeps you coming back for that one good shot that you hit. And and that's what I really enjoy about being a coach is that you could have that five minute buzz that keeps you going for the rest of the day, which is fantastic.
1: It is. And I heard a great quote. Sophie Walker said that you you don't complete golf. It's about that continuing progression and moving forward. Marianne, we've talked a little bit about the kind of coaching. Right, it's like also, I
0: think that the campaign, oops. Sorry.
1: Thought, no, go on, David. That's just, fine.
0: It's put it still here. And I, was saying, I was just saying, I think that, and that's where those connections start to build as well, where the connection to the game, as well as obviously the connection to you and the trust that that builds from somebody being able to hit a great shot and think, wow, yeah, I am on the right, I am on the right track, but also that connection into the, uh, into the game, which I think is so important because otherwise that is that sort of, there's that cutoff, isn't there? It's sort of, if you don't get an, a, an experience of the game, if you, don't get a, if you don't get a connection to the game, then the likelihood of you coming back is, is, is vastly reduced. So, again, I think there's some research done uh, three or four years ago by a sports coach at the time, obviously UK coaching now, which talked about the importance of competence to participation. And, uh, and that, that, that seems to hold true, in it, especially in games like golf, where having, having coached, as I say, for about 15 years myself, I don't see too many people coming back for a 10th go when they've only ever managed to roll the ball on the ground, uh, unless they've been practicing putting for 10 weeks, of course. But it's, it is it, it is a sport that, that requires those those wonderful moments that you talk about, Alice, that you go, wow, I can do this and look at what happens. So it's, it's such a vital part.
1: Definitely. Marianne there, we touched a little bit up on the kind of environment how important is the environment to to a to a coach to a participant in developing their skills?
3: I think incredibly important, and and again, if I sort of what I've noticed about um, you know golf in particular, which I think is wonderful, is is that social environment. I mean, I've been going out with some of the, of the old boys; they're in their eighties and they played here probably for half their life at least, and it's such an such an important part of their lives. You know, and and yeah, so the the whole environment's really important. And I think when we talk about those supportive environments, it's re, it's necessary to recognise that the way in which coach education is put together and coach development and the assessment is all part of that as well. So there's, um, you know, the, I think I think it's really important for us to remember that that the coach and the athlete are situated within a wider environment, and also they're all slightly different you know, I'm sure it's very different up here, <laughs> this, this, um, it's not a club, it's an, it's open, but it's lovely. And, um, on top of a mountain, <laughs> mm. <laughs> it will be different from some of the clubs. And I think, you know, one of it, and it has been incredibly popular from the minute we opened, this has always been walked out. One of it is you don't have to be a member. Um, and, and I think, um, and I definitely would pick up on that, um, the, the success bit. I, I, when I started playing, and it's not because I can still speak as a, as a complete novice, really. When I started playing, I thought I'm not going to find a buzz in this compared to my mountain biking or my whitewater paddling and things. It it looks quite tame, <laughs> but I'll have a go. But the, but I did actually manage to hit a good shot, <laughs> one my first game, mm-hmm. and not only did it's like it feels great, it sounds great, it, but there was something actually. Um, physical jolt that was that same joy I would get from a great climbing move or a bike jump, the same one. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can see why people love this. It was, you know, it was incredible. And it's like, how do we, I, and I guess this comes back to what I was saying before, that when we're creating these environments, how do we create that success? And I don't know what you do, you know, like golf, I was thinking, oh, can, I go, can I nick one of the dog's balls that's a bit bigger so I know I'll hit it. <laughs> early on I mean I, I didn't need to but I was yeah just thinking like how do we actually get people to um, experience competence early on and that confidence and the connectedness that all those things that we've talked about so that they can they can get hooked into just what's amazing I mean it's such a great sport
1: David Coleclough. how do we how do we give that how do we give that as a coach how can we kind of give that buzz that feeling of success from an early stage well,
0: I think you touched on it just very briefly there, Marianne. I think it's, it's, it's about looking at what the, the person in front of you can do already. It's about potentially putting a bigger ball in front of them at times. I mean, I don't know what Martin and, and Alice think, and Alice, you're obviously talking about somebody with a blank slate who you've brought through and how you've adapted it. Maybe it's, maybe it's starting closer to the hole with, with putts mm. rather than full swings. Uh, I mean, let, 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 uh, Martin and Alice, what, 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 what different strategies do you have that, that mean? Well, I,
5: I think it's great what Alice is doing. I think it's absolutely brilliant um, with bringing the ladies through because I think golf has used this opportunity and, you know, the barriers that we've had in play before, like all this sort of um, segregation seems to be coming down. The COVID has been probably the best thing for golf in that respect. But I use an example of the ladies and um, I was doing, I was at a corporate golf day uh, a few years ago and I suddenly, the phone rang the following day and the lady said, I need to talk to you. I said, why is that? And she said, your golf day. I said, "What what do we need to know? She said, well, it was really fun. I said, we just made it my day when you said the word fun. And she said, do you think you would take on my ladies to a point where they would feel comfortable in doing it? So I did this with, the corporate and um, they've just come back literally today. They want to do it again, which is brilliant. But the insights were incredible. And one of the girls, she said, blimey, she said, I'd never have done this without you and showing us, you would talk about environment. So I took them to our place. We took them to a, a prestigious place. We took them to top golf. we took them to Urban Golf, we took them around and they just felt comfortable because there was this sense of personal achievement. And she even said to me, she said, well, You've got me out doing exercise. I never do that. She said, I'm out in green spaces and no greater time for that than now. And she said, if I told you I sealed a massive contract last week, you wouldn't believe me. I said, yes, I would. I said, because your headspace was correct. And I said, that's really what, what it is. And I think Alice is probably seeing that with, with her work with Bella. I think that's a great project, by the way. It's fantastic. I can't wait to see what you guys get up to. When does it start? When's it on the telly?
6: So episode two is out this week. Um, So it's six episodes long. So this week you get to see my first meeting in person with Bella, so our first golf lesson. So she had a putting mat um, and a net in lockdown and we started with putting. Um, Again, I prefer to start closer to the hole um, and make some achievements that happen quite quickly. Um, before moving further back I think everyone wants to get to the driving range because that's the fun bit but I feel like you get more success quickly if you can chip and putt and it's easier to then take them on the golf course from there um, so you'll see in the episode Bella's chipping with me and putting um, and she's actually got a really good short game um, it's more so the long shots that we need to do some work on and again it came down to confidence um, So hopefully um, we get going from there. We've got to play around next month. Um, So it will follow through the process generally. You're a couple of weeks behind, but the girls went to Top Golf, and they had a great experience. And again, it's just another area that golf has moved into to show that we are inclusive for everyone. You can go and have a few drinks and have some food and take all of the family to one place um, rather than it just be dad leaves the house for four hours and then comes back and everyone has the opportunity to play um, so at Royal Mid Surrey, we have quite a large junior section they have their own junior room obviously we have 350 lady members so we don't necessarily have a ladies day as such every day is ladies day um, and so it does make it inclusive for everyone at the club so it's a great environment again um, we allow jeans in the clubhouse. We're a very forward-thinking, traditional mm. Royal Golf Club um, in the middle of London, which suits the environment. I think
0: the also it's, sorry, I was, I was going to say, I think also it's... It, it, this This podcast obviously has been recorded in the week of the PGA Championship in America, where the, the big boys are playing the 8,000-yard golf course. And it, it, it's, again, what Alice was talking about there... It, I think it's really important that people understand or it's portrayed to the participants that you don't have to start on an 8,000 yard golf course or even a 6,000 yard golf course, that there's so many opportunities, whether it's through the range or whether it's through pitch and putt or par three or adapted golf courses to, to start to learn the game from the hole backwards. You can learn so much of the sort of the rules, the etiquette, the the, sort of the things that are going to get you around a golf course from Playing holes that are fifty yards long. So uh, again, a great coach, I think, will will slowly pr- develop the, per- the participants at the at the appropriate time, so that, that level of motivation and challenge is constantly being sort of balanced out. So uh, it's it's again, so to your point, Gareth, really I think it is, it's it's very unique for each person how you start, and, and again, as a great coach. You've then got to have a range of ways. You can't have a stock way to introduce everybody. You've got to work with the person that you've got.
1: Super. just want to go around the, the group and, and ask a kind of real poignant question of of what advice you'd give to fellow coaches out there to ultimately make them a great coach. Marianne, can we start with you? Just coming
3: off mute. Wow. What, another, what a great question again. What advice? I'm... Um, I guess if it was just one bit, it would be to really pay attention to the person you're coaching, to be curious, open-minded, look for what it is that they're, they're already doing, what are they great at, and, and, and just really understand where they're at so that you're always working with that individual who's in front of you.
1: That's superb. David Alice?
2: Well, oh, that's a very interesting one you're giving me there. To be fair, I, I think it's got to be very person-centred, deal with the individual, work on the, the good points they have in particular, and adjust, adjust, do, do minor adjustments as, as you're going through. From, I suppose from an educational point of view, make sure the knowledge is available and make sure they know where to find it
1: super David Cogler? I'm going to go on a different tangent
0: because uh, we've talked an awful lot today about obviously the relationship between the player and the, and the coach and what great coaching is in that regard. But I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about the business of coaching within this. And great coaches have an influence, as we've said, on, on participation because if they can get that connection, that competence, that confidence, etc., then people will come back and again, the PGA is re- really trying to heavily to emphasize to golf course operators, golf club managers, that the importance of having people like Martin and Alice who who can connect with people, get them engaged in the game. But ultimately, the result of that is there's, there's more revenues because you've got people paying memberships, you've got people paying green fees, you've got people spending money at the facility. You've got the bit that Marianne talked about, which is that social engagement, which again is so readily available at at pretty much every golf club up and down the country. And so I would say great coaching and making yourself an invaluable or an indispensable coach. Part of that is not only looking after your own business, but it's also making sure that you can really uh, connect with the business uh, drivers for the facilities where you work.
1: Great answer. Superb. Martin?
5: Well, I'm absolutely living proof of what David just said, because uh, when we were taken over three years ago, that exact conversation came my way when uh, the new boss said, look, you're not my new general manager. You're far more important to me than that, because you know everybody. Um, I need you out there doing your bit. You know, you're the face of the place Go and just do what you do best, and that's coach. And it is... That value that you add both ways to not only the golf club, but also to yourself. And I think what you know you always need to do is have an openness. And I think if, an openness of learning. And I, I will plug PGA Learn here because when that was came out, it came out at the perfect time in lockdown. And I've clocked up numerous hours on doing it. And what I did do this time was I looked into other sports as well. I'm a huge sports fan. So I thought, right let's go and have a little look at some of this stuff on Amazon Prime. for Obviously, Pep and Jose Mourinho and the All Blacks and the Australian cricket stuff. And it was brilliant because I thought, wow, this has really backed up what I believe in as a coach, and that is have an openness, have a clarity. Um, you know, we talked about it before building the trust, but also make yourself um, be very important person to the people coming to the golf club that they want to come and tap into your knowledge and they want to use you
1: That's cool. and
5: then the other thing as well the final thing is you know you just have the you need to reflect I think that's what you need to do you need to sort of we've talked about the buzz moments and they're, they're brilliant and that's what makes it all about when you make someone's day but equally if you can't sort of sort somebody out and you are banging your head against the wall like this and you think what could I have done better to sort of help them so I think that reflection is something that's really important
1: too That's great.
6: Alice? Yeah similar to Martin I think that I was very lucky growing up that I experienced lots of sports and lots of coaches and I think having mentors and taking yourself away from just being a coach and going back to being a beginner is really important to put yourself in your students shoes by having good people around you you're constantly learning and I'd say that I'm still at the beginning of my career even though I've done this for four or five years I would say I don't know anything in comparison to other people and to be a good coach I think you need to go and search out those people and find good mentors even in different sports that will help you and you cherry pick the things that you like the most from what they do and that makes you a a good coach you say I like that about them and even the people you don't necessarily agree with their coaching technique you will still find some common ground with, I don't agree with that because of this reason, but they are a good coach because, and I think like Martin said, having that reflection time and being able to take some time away from the game over the last six months and have a look at what you do is is really important.
1: That's brilliant. And Marianne, just to kind of bring the podcast to a, to a close, where can we find out more information about UK Coaching Week?
3: right so um, actually before I answer that, I'd love to just just add a little bit to, mm-hmm. to what Alice said there and, and well all of you in, in that you know being curious about the persons there, but also just stay on that journey. I think I think um, Alison Martin really touched on that that as a coach, and obviously I'm going to say that as a coach developer, as a coach developer, get yourself a mentor, find, you know, there's so much out there and it can feel overwhelming just as going on the internet can for somebody who's learning to play golf. There's a lot of stuff out there. And one of the things that UK coaching really tries to do is to help sense make that, that, that coach development in the way that's, a coach helps people to sense, make all of the the, the huge amounts of information that they could get at their fingertips nowadays. So yeah, stay curious and stay learning. Definitely. And and all that reflection. Um, Okay. So if you go onto the UK coaching website, you'll find information. We're on pretty much all the social media platforms. So you find UK coaching on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, um yeah everywhere (laughs) we're on all of them and I think one of the things I'd like to just add as well here is that we're trying to really like I said we're trying to really showcase coaching and great coaching and really showcase the inclusivity of that and it's great listening to you guys talking about um you know how how much more inclusive golf's becoming and you know that not the segregation being removed and it'd be much more open because it's just you know I really believe it's such a it's an incredible sport and having spent time doing it here and also just being outside beautiful green spaces beautiful weather with people it's just an amazing thing to do um and and those barriers to inclusion are in all of our sports and if we're sort of really mindful about those that's that's just such a, a great thing to do so we've got a little series of um showcasing some videos so if people want to upload a little video onto instagram or twitter and hashtag i'm just trying to do it's coaching for all is the hashtag with the cap with the capital c for coaching capital f and capital a um, and just really just um highlight what your coaching world looks like and, and what great coaching is and what coaching means to you so pop, pop your things up there we're going to hopefully have a whole sort of wall and selection of examples of Of what people do where they're doing it and 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 what their great coaching looks like
1: that's great absolutely superb i want to thank everybody today for for joining us thank you for your, your opinions your viewpoints and and a great discussion i want to thank everybody else out there who's listened to the podcast and we'll see you again soon
0: thanks for listening to today's podcast please don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform so that you never miss an episode if you have any suggestions for improvements, topics, or guests, please email pgalive at pga.org.uk.